Your good pal Bryson again. I am back. Very somber day. A lot of you, I don't know if a lot of you are somber as LB and I, but I'm here with LB. And he actually, actually, he had to console me. I was crying. He consoled me a little bit. And now here we are back again, LB. Uh, dare I say, how are you this morning? I am depressed, as I think, you know, it's easy to say now, well, they're, they're overachieving by their standards and to try to look at it like, look, this is a lost season anyways. That's fine. Some people can do that. I get it. But me personally, we just talked um, Tuesday night, Monday night. We, we had a nice discussion. We talked about the Chargers game a little bit. We talked about the upcoming Rams game, of course. And, you know, you and I, I think we're fairly confident that they could win in this football game, right? I mean, I don't want to speak for you too much, but I, I feel like we were pretty confident they could win this football game and keep their playoff hopes alive. Because let's face it, if you're – not into tanking and you're not into all of that, fine. But when you're not going to take that route, making the playoffs is, is the goal. That's what you want to see. You want to see your team make the playoffs. And let's be honest, last night was a, was a failure, and we pretty much failed to make the playoffs. The Patriots, I say we, of course, the Patriots, they, they essentially failed. I mean, there's probably still things that could happen that they could get in, but um, after the Texans loss, after the loss last night, I know you have some more numbers that you can kind of get into and how bad our passing game looks. And it's just, it doesn't look good. I, I, they still have three pretty tough games left. Um, the jets are obviously a bad football team, but they gave us a run for our money there in New York last time came down to a last second field goal. So you just never know. And I, yeah, I think, I think it's a sad day. I'm disappointed. I was disappointed last night. It was a tough it was a tough one to swallow, and I'm sorry to talk so much here in the opener, but I think I think you kind of know where I'm coming from here. You never talk too much, LB. This is one half of your podcast as well. You just talk <laughs> however you want, whenever you want, and, and to whoever you want. And I will just sit here, I will listen, I'll let you talk because you are good at it. So good job by you, LB. I think there's another good <laughs> job by you, LB, because this morning I woke up, yeah, woke up, saw that Fitzy had a tweet about calling into the show. And I've never called into any kind of shows before because, I don't know, I've just never done it before. I never thought to do it. I never Let me interrupt and gas you for a second. I'm sorry. I know, But you, in your credit, I know you never called, but you were on WEI with Courtney Fallon. You did do that. You went all the way to Boston. You had, you, you had your own whole thing going on. That was really cool. Yeah, which you you bullied and me into going, and so I went. But I'll, we were on WEI again this morning, and it's funny because so Obi and I both called into Fitzy's show that he does uh, every morning. I think it was it was around like ten forty five, eleven, something like that. We called in. I actually called, and it was just it was all funny because I was nervous. I don't even know why I wanted to call, but I did. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna call. So I called, and I was like, I think I. I said in our little chat i was like you know i'm calling a wi right now i'm really nervous i don't know why i was nervous but i was so i just called in they're like hello where are you from you know who's this i'm like this is bryson i don't know why i said that like that but i was like this is bryson and they were like wait bryson from twitter and i'm like 
yep, this is Bryce. And they're like, all right, hold on one sec. We'll put you on. And then so, you know, listen for a little while. They get me on. And so I was nervous. I was so nervous. I don't know why, but I was nervous. And I, I just went at it and talked. And I was just like, you know what? The Patriots, they were tanking this entire time. And they were just started laughing at me. And Fitzy, Fitzy poked at me a little bit and said I was excited for the game. And I said, yeah, you know, I was. But this doesn't this not prove that Belichick and Josh McDaniels are actually just so good that they tried to tank with Cam Newton, the quarterback, and they just couldn't because that's how good they are. And they ended up winning a couple of games where your quarterback doesn't throw for more than for more than a hundred yards, 120 yards for like five games in a row. I don't know. I can't remember how many he had last night, but but so we both called it. LB actually called in right in after, and it worked out perfectly. So they were like, you know, who's this? LB and they're like, oh, okay, LB and you know they texted me. They texted me afterwards and they were like, you know, thanks. We're gonna make this little video and, and I think they're gonna have one of you too. I hope they combined us both. But we both went on WEI this morning and in a way we kind of defended the Patriots in weird in weird fashion. But I almost want to believe it at this point because I really just don't know what to believe at this point because of all the things that are going on and there's a ton of things going on. But what did you think about what your WEI experience, LB? I didn't get to hear you, so I'm sorry. I'm I was just on the phone, and then they hung up, so I couldn't listen anymore. So I, was, I just went in there to tell you that I was on that. Yeah, but I was just really glad to see that you were on, too. And we both were just pushing the propaganda, and they both knew who <laughs> you are. So when Patriots fans make fun of us, you know, they, they, these people know who we are, and everyone knows who we are. So thank you very much. Uh, you know, I gotta say, I did, and I, and I know I already explained this to you, I did not have the intention of calling and trying to, like, piggyback off you so i did feel bad about that i wasn't trying to steal thunder or anything you had called a little bit like about five ten minutes before i did and i was thinking there would be some calls squashed in between dude the time i called you were right they they went like right to you after about a minute and i was immediately just laughing because the way you said all right good morning guys and just the way you had that the certain tonality that you had to it was just cracking me up what if they'd been tagging the whole time but my favorite part was when they started breaking down your Twitter and they started talking about the food you ate last night and the dumplings. And I was like, boy, they know all about Bryson's Twitter. Look at this. They're talking about his, his, his dinner from last night. It was just a really cool thing to call. I, you know, when I heard you on, I was cracking up. My brother could hear it in the background because I was on speakerphone and my brother just goes, Hey, that's Bryson. I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't mean to call so quickly after him. It just worked out that way. And he's like, that's Bryson. What are you guys doing? I was like, well, he called WEI. He shared that on the chat. I haven't, I did have some experience as a caller. I used to call him the Felger and Maz like all the time. And I was known as Ryan in South Attleboro. And I'd say I called about 10, 15 times. I used to call fairly regularly. That's when I loved Felger and Maz. They were really a fun show back then. It wasn't quite as negative as it is now. And it was also before Deflate Gate. And at that point, I was kind of just done with those guys. I can handle criticism, but you know, I don't want to hear about cheating all the time. It just gets old. Because um, number one, I love cheating. And number two, the Patriots have never cheated. I think you would agree, ever. They've never broken the rules. They're a stand-up organization. But it was awesome, man. Hearing you on was cracking me up. I kind of called. I went in a different direction, and I said about um, how bad, starting back in 2013, uh, 2018, we've kind of seen a decline in offense a little bit. We saw them go out and get Josh Gordon. That kind of ended predictably, I'd say. He eventually gets suspended, but it kind of showed you that they knew there was a need there. And then 2019 came. You bring in Sanu, that doesn't work out. Josh Gordon is released at some point mid midway through the season. He's gone. 
AB is there for a game. And we've kind of seen a steady decline in the Patriots offense. And what Fitzy had said was playing the blame game. And I hated to do it. I even said this on WEI. I hate to do it. But if I had to put blame on one person, I would have to say Belichick. I hate to do it. I love Bill. I think you know how much I've defended Bill. Love Bill. I think he's great. But um, if you had to pick one guy, you'd have to say Bill due to some of the, the way that things have worked out weapon-wise. And there was somebody in that room that evaluated these wide receivers and said Nikhil Harry is better than, you know, A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf or, um, you know, Terry McLaurin. I think there's a few more, but. Yeah, man, it's it's been one of those mornings where it's really just picking up the pieces and trying to figure out where things went wrong. I love Belichick, but I guess you'd have to, if you really were to play the blame game, to be him. And it can't be understated that they had no plan at quarterback. There was no plan there. And I know this is something you wanted to talk about, but the Patriots have no quarterback, Bryce, and I'm not sure if you're aware of that. They have zero quarterbacks. I know some people were tweeting me last night about Stidham and just like thinking I'd be super excited to see Stidham just roll in the game, which I mean, it's, I guess it's okay to watch him in a game, but at the end of the game when the Patriots are getting their butts kicked, like I really care about that. But the Patriots have zero quarterbacks, fellas and ladies, zero quarterbacks. You know, I will say over the course of the season, especially if you're listening to the podcast, I think we're pretty fair. When Cam was playing good, we were all about Cam. I said we should probably extend him right now. He's playing super well and surprised me. But I, I kind of went back and, and read some of the stuff that I wrote and some of the stuff that you wrote before, this, before the season, some of the stuff we talked about with Cam. And essentially, my overall point, <laughs> which is a funny meme at this point, that's an inside joke between me and LB. My overall <laughs> point is that Cam Newton is essentially, at this stage in his career, Andy Dalton with legs. And I actually got validation with that from Ryan Chazier, and he talked about on the Bill Simmons podcast how when he was with he was with the Steelers, one of Cam's last years in Carolina, the scouts came to him and said, "Look, man, he can't throw past forty yards. His arms, his arm is cooked. His arm's cooked. He can't throw past forty yards. We're going to play him super up." And Chazier said, "You know, he just can't throw anymore." And they had a couple picks, as he said, Cam didn't play good, and. Chazier just reiterated that, you know, I think it was Chargers week. He said the Chargers just need to play up and they just need to make Cam throw because he can't throw. And I think they actually did that, but just a lot of things went the Patriots way and they ended up blowing the, blowing out the, the Chargers, even though Cam had, I think, 80, 60 passing yards, whatever it was. 69. But after this game, 69, nice. Yeah, I love that. And But yeah, just the Patriots have no quarterback back plan right now and and I've had an epiphany and this is the worst spot to be in the entire NFL where you don't have a quarterback you don't have a plan to have a quarterback and it's all fun games to say you know well I'd love to see I really would I'd love to sit here and say it's awesome that the Patriots have a bunch of cast space and it's awesome that there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the draft but right now as we're sitting here right now cap space and I think Bill's actually said this too, you know, cap space doesn't equal good players. And that's a lot of things that I've kind of said too. That just because you have cap space doesn't mean that you have good, put, that you will get good players. I mean, just look at the Browns all these years, look at all these, the Jags, all these teams that have had good cap space over the years. And sure, maybe they can sign a bunch of players and, and maybe they'd have a rejuvenation in one year or something like that. But right now as, as currently constituted, I just don't feel like the Patriots are like one year away. Next year, they'll be Super Bowl contenders. There's Jared Stenham. You know, I love him. I love the guy. 
I loved Cam when he was playing awesome. We both we both loved them both at some points in the season. But we've seen I've seen them, and granted, I'd like I'd still would contend that I'd like to see Jared Stidham with a week of practice. Although I envision that it probably wouldn't look great, and taking the first team reps. But a lot of things happen to get us to this point. LB, a lot of things happen. You know, LB. I think the Patriots rolled. I think we're just going to get into the where the Patriots went wrong and what all happened in the course of the year because right now they don't have any quarterbacks. How did we get here, LB? Well, how did we get here is they started off, you know, Jared Stidham. And I can tell you that a lot of people in that building felt good about Jared Stidham. And a couple things happened over the course of the year. I know our friend Spike King uh, likes to talk conspiracy theories about some of the things Stidham may have done over the season. But as as we said and as Lombardi said, they didn't want to hand Stidham the reins. They didn't want to just like give him the job. They wanted they wanted someone to compete. Lombardi said they need they like the kid. They want him they want him to compete with someone. They want him to win. So consequently, Jared Stidham tears his groin. I know I reported that on Twitter.com. Got it correct. No one no one's gonna give me any credit for that, but that's fine. Jared Stidham oh, tears you, his you groin. You definitely had it. You told the chat you I believe you tweeted that he was in ER that night and it was it was absolutely correct you were absolutely correct yeah the, the, so Stidham tears his groin he goes to practice and I don't know LB has a little theory about about this so I'll let him get into this but so they bring in Cam and they also bring in Cam and I've got a tinfoil hat on as I'm saying this. they bring in Cam the day I I honestly Honestly, do not remember if it was minutes after the Spygate punishment or if it, it, they brought in. I think they brought in Cam. They signed him before the Spygate 2.0 punishment, which we both kind of think is probably not a big deal. But they got punished for it. So Cam Cam comes in here. So they bring him in, and my thought is they bring in Cam, and it wasn't because they saw what what could have they seen from Stidham at this point before the season that would have changed their mind. There was no practices, anything, like that. and so they bring in Cam. And from what I have been told and think is that they brought in Cam so that Sidham could get a notch under his belt, feel confident, roll into the year, um, beat out Cam. He was on a minimum contract, but it didn't happen that way. It happened the opposite way. Sidham started off the practice. Uh, practice is pretty good. It looked like Sidham was Stidham was going to be a starter the way things were rolling out, but then he just started throwing interceptions all over the place and making a fool, fool out of everyone. And then they had to roll with Cam. And the thing about it is, is Cam was signed late in the year and had no, no idea about the playbook. And he said it was like calculus. And even now, he doesn't make checks with the line. And he, he, you know, he he has a hard time reading the blitz. And I'm not really blaming him that for that. He hasn't been here that long. But their plan, the point is, the the plan did not work. They didn't draft a quarterback either. Which, as LB has said before, that would lead you to believe that they kind of thought they did have a little plan at quarterback. But LB, we're going to stop right there at this point in time. What are what is your current thoughts about that situation? So, that's really what I go back to was they didn't draft a quarterback, and now Mike Reese just this morning said that Bill Belichick and others loved Jared Stidham last year. They saw him in practice every day. They thought that this kid was the real deal. Um, there's rumors that based on things that I think you and I have both kind of heard or been told that he had an injury that was non-football related. He went back to Texas and that's when kind of things started getting weird was when he went back to Texas, supposedly, because before that there were stories out there that um, Jared Stidham had been a phenomenal leader through the pandemic, that those were the stories coming out is that he was being this great leader. And then 
it got a little weird there in July. He, he went back to Texas. Some people have said that he actually hurt his groin on a boat or it involved a boating accident or something on the beach. And nobody's really quite sure. He kind of didn't let the team know exactly what was going on. He went home to Texas. Things got weird. All of a sudden, Cam gets signed. Stidham starts off pretty good in camp, and then he has a really bad day. And as you reported accurately, he was in ER one night, and he was diagnosed with, as Spike King has told us, a grade one tear in his groin. Wouldn't wish that on anybody, by the way. That does not sound like a good time. If you've ever oh, seen his... If you've ever seen his beautiful wife, I thought, well, be, I thought you were going to say his beautiful groin. I was like, yes, I agree. It is very beautiful, but go ahead. <laughs> but um, things, you know, it, it, things got really weird there during the summer, right? There was a period of time where there was all this, all of a sudden there was these these negative things about STEM coming out where everything before that had been like all overwhelmingly positive. And it leads you to believe, what if Bill said, you're not, I'm not going to start you this year. You failed us. You weren't honest with us. Things got bad and things went south and our planned field failed. Field. I love when I, I do that with words all the time, by the way, where like I'll say field or like bear, I'll say beer. And I'm talking about like a grizzly bear. <laughs> but things things got weird there. And it, and it makes you wonder, is, is Bill still punishing Stidham? Because at this point, they still won't play the kid. They still will not play him. Maybe it's as simple as they see him every day and he sucks. Maybe it is that simple. But that's not what we were led to believe this entire time. And then all of these weird things happen. Now, I mean, he can't get in the game and meaningful reps if, if, you know, he was to pay for it at this point. He could offer up millions of dollars that he got from his wife's uh, dad there because we all know he's a, he's a rich big shot guy there. And, you know, I don't think he could do anything to get this job. He clearly, Bill is sticking with Cam. He's made that very clear. And some are speculating that, you know, it's it's a punishment for Stidham for what went down this offseason. The team isn't happy with him. They didn't draft a quarterback, Bryson, and that's what I always go back to. They didn't draft a quarterback. They were rolling with Stidham and Hoyer, and it seemed like that was the plan, right? Which I like. I respected that because it made it seem like, okay, there is a plan here. They like this kid in the locker room. They like Brian Hoyer backing him up. That's the plan. And Everybody in the media was really pushing that. Look, they love Stidham. They love Stidham. They love Stidham. They love Stidham. Okay. And, and they bashed it over everybody's heads. You and I probably did it too. You know, um, we probably take some responsibility and, you know, the Stidham hype. But for whatever reason, this, this kid cannot start a football game. And it really just makes you wonder what, what went down. What happened? I don't know. But we're in a position here where they signed Cam 30 minutes before Spygate 2 broke. They, they released the punishment. You lost third round pick. And, you and I, I know you and I value third round picks. We've talked about it a lot. They really are valuable picks and they got, you know, another massive fine and just weird timing, Bryce. And it's all been very weird. And the quarterback situation, there was no plan there, which is really disappointing because, you know, we were led to believe that Bill Belichick always had a plan for everything. And it was always chestnut checkers and next man up. And where did all that next man up stuff kind of go? You know, it was always next man up, blah, blah, blah. We're going to, you know, outsmart everybody, but on this one, maybe they outsmarted themselves, you know, because this this quarterback situation is not ideal, Bryson. And where do they go from here? We we kind of just touched on, you know, how they got here, and it's not pretty. So now, where do they go from here? I really, I'm not sure. Maybe you could speak to it better than better than I could, Bryson. Well, as I said, not so silly. I said I used to say weapons for Sidham. I know that's what I said on Courtney Fallon's show, but at that time. 
That's who we thought would be the starting quarterback weapons for Stidham. And I said before the season, and a lot of people made fun of me. I said, I just, the team, I, I would say we all agree, downgraded at quarterback. The weapons are kind of the same. I don't understand. I don't understand how you would keep this up. I think the defense would probably regress at some point. Although last night, if you watch, if you watch a game, the first drive, first couple of drives, not good, good. But then they did stop. They did stop the Rams. Uh, they held them to a field goal. Then the the pick six happened, and then from then on there, they're playing from they're playing from behind, and they couldn't score points. And then they held them to seven in the second half, and. I mean, I, I always track yards per play during the game because I watch the game and yards per play is like the most non-biased way for me to like know what I'm seeing is real. And, and it really never, after the first couple of drives, it was just 5.4, 5.5, 5.6, which is not great. It's not really a great yards per play, especially for an offense that's supposed to be good. So the Pacers defense kind of held serve, but their offense just couldn't do the same. And where do we go from here, LB? I don't really know, but I think, I think the best way because right now we're LB and I will both tell you. I'll sit here and tell you I I was probably wrong, and the people telling me that about Stidham and the Patriots were probably wrong about Stidham, and I probably should have um, I probably should have held serve more on Cam, even though even though that one week and then. Uh, I mean, it really was just kind of one week, but they were winning games in a weird pandemic Patriots year. But I probably should have made the mistake and probably should have just held back a little bit and not not dug my heels in so deep with the can. But where do we go from here? So I I don't think that you can that you can just maybe you maybe I guess maybe you can just throw assets at quarterback until you get one. But I think what they should do. And I don't care what people say about the Pacers being bad at drafting wide receivers. Yeah, they are. It's not been great. It's not been great at all. There's a graphic last night, and it was just like painful just to see all the names and how bad they were over the years. I think they should just, in a good wide receiver draft, draft a bunch of quarterback, draft quarterbacks, draft some wide receivers, good wide receiver draft, double dip at wide receiver in the draft. A lot of people are like, well, let's just sign wide receivers and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, maybe you could do that too, but I haven't really seen the Patriots do that, so I'm not sure they'll do that either. Draft a couple wide receivers, double dip if you have to. Go ahead, change your philosophy a little bit in the draft. Turn More like turn it upside down. And in the past few drafts, the answer has been close your eyes and pick, and you'll find a better pick than the one that you've had. Draft a couple wide receivers. Put some assets into the quarterback position. Maybe you take a chance on Matt Stafford, whose cap hit would only be $20 million a year, and you draft two wide receivers. Because think, imagine, best-case scenario, they draft two wide receivers and their first two picks. They both, they both hit. Their offensive line is still good. And then you have, like, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, you know, someone like that. And Dak, a lot of people like it. Maybe if the Cowboys would tag and trade him. And then you have your, your offense is kind of good again. If you have a different quarterback, and you know, I just think that that's what they need to do is just go out there, lay it on the line, draft two wide receivers, be very brave, and I will say, I'll, I'll be the first one to say, you know what, good job, Patriots, because you might miss, you might miss, but this is kind of what you have to do. You have to invest high capital in these positions, and for years, people would say, and I used to say this too, like wide receivers, awesome weapons, but then I kind of realized, you know what, 
it actually matters, especially if your quarterback isn't peak Tom Brady or anything like that. The situation around the quarterback matters. Look at Baker Mayfield. I mean, even Dak, people didn't think he was the greatest quarterback, and then he his situation was awesome, and then it got less awesome, but he became better as a player. There's a lot of quarterbacks around this league that it, it is the same. The, the weapons are good, and then the quarterback is good. He can grow with good weapons. He's confident. It's awesome. I think they should do that. Draft a bunch of weapons. I think Bill can handle his own on defense. I'll trust Bill, even though he's made some mistakes. I'll trust him that he'll 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 make it right on defense, and Chung will come back, and we'll, we'll remain some leadership, and we'll develop some of these guys. Uh, that's just what I think they should do. LB. That's I don't know. I'm I'm just a guy. But what do you think they should do? I like your idea of throwing assets at an already established quarterback. I do. I mean, if the Patriots. <sighs> It's hard to say that they've been great at evaluating quarterbacks, but they haven't been bad either. Jimmy G's not a bad player. Ryan Mallett was kind of a, you know, there was tons of value in that pick when they took him in the third round, but at one point they thought he could be a really good player, and he wasn't. Um, Jacoby Brissett, where they drafted him, really good player for where they drafted him. He's not a, you know, a full-time starting NFL quarterback, but in a pinch, if you need Jacoby Brissett, he's a damn fine backup, and he's a smart kid, and he makes, you know, he makes some plays for you. They did draft Tom Brady. Was that really Bill? I'm not sure. They were 5-11. and 11. And Bill says now, you know, well, I wanted to start Brady going into that season, but blah, blah, blah. Drew had more experience. Well, the fact is he went with Drew, and it took an injury to get Brady into the football game. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're – are they better off piling up some picks and trading them for a Matt Stafford or, or for a Matt Ryan? How unrealistic is that? It's probably pretty unrealistic due to cap and all the different things that the other team would have to kind of eat. Um, the other option out there is a guy that you just mentioned, Dak Prescott. Um, in my opinion, he's a really good player. Some people have said, yeah, but if he's going to get Patrick Mahomes' money, I wouldn't want him. I'd throw Patrick Mahomes' money at him because we're, what good is all your cap space, which, as you said earlier, and I totally agreed, and, and a team that came to mind was the Colts, right? They've had all this cap space for a few years, and they're a good – They're a good. I can't stand the Colts franchise, but they're a good – You know, they're, they're pretty steady. They're always pretty good. And they're having a hard time just getting free agents to sign there. And they have plenty of cap. So cap doesn't just equal good players. So if Dak Prescott says, I'll sign there for this much and you can get that, I'm not against it because you need a quarterback, right? I mean, if, if you want to turn this thing around and become the Patriots of the last, you know, they hadn't lost. They hadn't not won 10 games since 2002. And they were they were 9-7 and seven that year. And this is the first time since 2002 they won't win 10 games. If you want to get back to that, you need a quarterback first and foremost. Um, Josh McDaniels, love him, hate him, whatever. He might not be back there next year. Mike Reese touched on a little bit this morning that maybe McDaniels is going to pursue new new avenues this this offseason, maybe try to become a head coach again. And at this point, it might be one of his last chances to really do that. If a team is willing to say, hey, Josh, we want you to lead our, our organization, can you really turn keep turning down those jobs? I don't know. But Mike Reese says, you know, there could be something to it. So you could wind up in a situation where you have a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, um, a few new wide receivers. We'll see what happens. I mean, they need to do something. They cannot – their ways of going about it this offseason was obviously wrong. They say now they love Justin Herbert. Well, he's the real deal, right? I think we'd agree looks like he's the real deal. They didn't move up and, and take that kid, and they probably could have if they had been willing to deal some assets and – I know you said about double dipping and you're absolutely right. Even if they double dipped in the, in the Harry draft there, right? They took Harry. Then there was still AJ Brown on the board, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. There's these other guys were still on the board and they drafted Jawan Williams, which you and I have both talked about a good amount. They, 
did they a great point that you've always made is that they made sure they brought back J-Mac at six million, right? So they're probably if we're gonna use the logic that they see um Stidham in practice every day and that's why he doesn't play, he stinks. What does it say about Williams as well? Maybe he they brought back J-Mac at his price tag and he's really not that good a lot of times. He's usually kind of like the weak link. So the Williams pick, they probably could have double dipped there and they might have wound up with at least one really good wide receiver and you know, maybe there's not as much pressure on Harry at that point, and maybe the other kid makes plays and it allows Harry to make some plays. I don't know. But they need to do something, Bryce. And and I love that you said maybe a philosophy change. Maybe that's what it will take because I got news for you, Patriots fans. Tom Brady is not walking through that door. Just because you do things and make some changes that does not mean that they're just right back to being the Patriots again next year and they're Super Bowl contenders. This could take some time. It really could. It could take some time before they're back in the AFC Championship games. I know it's painful to admit. I hate to admit it, too. But this could take some time. And we talk about culture, but how long does a culture last as guys retire, guys walk out the door, and guys move on, and guys do different things? How long does that culture last? And before you know it, is your culture being a mediocre football team? You just don't know. So I think that if they want to maintain culture and they want to still be the Patriots, they need to do something fast and they need to make some big moves this offseason, Bryson, to get this thing right and turn it around next year. Yeah, maybe they do draft a quarterback, LB. Maybe they do. Maybe they, they draft a quarterback and throw a bunch of assets at wide receiver, and I'd be okay with that too. Ideally, I think what you want to do is bring in, bring in a veteran. I don't know. Maybe maybe they do trade for Dak on the tag and have him for one year and draft a guy and, and figure that out that way. I don't know. I think they should draft a quarterback. But, LB, this is also another W for all the Tom Brady is not a system quarterback people all over the world, which has been you and I this entire time. He's, he kind of is the system. And I, I know Caxmar or whatever his name is, Scott Caxmar, was just waiting all night long to tweet. Well, the Patriots scored enough points to win the Super Bowl in 53, and they just never did. And you know what? All these silly Tom Brady's assistant quarterback tweets all the years. I know he said he'd never, he'd, he'd never move back to the Northeast, but the guy's, the guy's 43, I mean. But all these silly system quarterback tweets, LB, it, now we're seeing how hard it is to have a quarterback and what it feels like when you don't have a quarterback, what it feels like when there's no quarterback in sight. Like, we don't – it's funny. It's like we don't even know. We like we've never met our girlfriend that we're gonna marry one day. It'll be like we don't even know what that looks like. We're not even dating someone. We have no idea. We've not even been on one date. We're not. We we're not even talking right now because we we have never. We don't know who our quarterback of the future is, and it's a very painful. It's a very bad feeling, and so I would like to fix this immediately. I don't know how it gets fixed, but I'm sure there's a lot of ways, and maybe the Patriots have a lot of plans. But I think it just comes down to. Changing some philosophies. I know Lombardi has always said the things that the really smart teams do is they hire people from outside the organization and say, what's going on here? Like, can you tell me? Because, you know, Josh McDaniels and these guys, they have, they're kind of biased a little bit. And, you know, we love them. But, you know, what's going on? And I think that's something that Bill has done in the past. I mean, he has brought, brought Lombardi in. And, you know, he did bring Malcolm in here and then some, a couple other things. But I think they, should, they, need to, they need to hire someone. They need to bring him in and say, What's going on here? Why do we not have a quarterback? Where do we mess up? How come we can't find consistent offense? And what do we do? What do you think we should do from here on out so that we can win games in the future? Because you can't just point to cap space 
and a couple put and a handful of players and tell me that's going to contend for the Super Bowl next year because that's not going to happen. You know, there's that you know, they do still have Bill Belichick, but at this point, LB, I, I know I told you, I am also wondering if Josh McDaniels leaves because was that not always the plan that Bill told Josh he was going to teach him and then Josh was going to take over? Bill said he's never wanted to coach in the seventies. What are the Up chances that what what are the chances <laughs> that Bill is just like, you know what, I'm all set. I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. I've had a good time. I've had a good run, and Steve, you can be the head coach. I've already talked to Kraft. I'm out of here. What are the chances? I just don't know. You know, if it it is scary. So I think that we all kind of agreed. Well, Robert Kraft made a decision when he let Tom Brady leave. We're gonna let Brady leave, and he can have his two years somewhere else. And we're gonna have five more years of Bill. Great plan. It sounds great. But people change and things happen. And Bill's going through a pandemic just like everybody else. He is getting up there in age. People do change their mind. Josh McDaniels changed his mind. He's going to go to the Colts, be their head coach. He changed his mind. People change their mind. And I would say people do reserve the right to change their mind. Smart people do anyways. Um, you should always take the information that you have at hand and make the best decision possible based on that current information. So does that mean Bill is gone after the rumors scamming? And I know Vegas had something up about Bill not being here. So what if, what if, I, I know you were kind of talking about Josh leaving, Josh not wanting to hang around for this anymore. But what if Bill's planning on leaving or retiring and Josh is there and Josh is kind of waiting to become the head coach still? Because it seems like that's kind of been the plan. But like you just said, maybe, I don't know, maybe Bill does say, okay, I know I didn't want to coach in my 70s, but I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, I feel, I feel great. I feel motivated. I feel energized. I know somebody said last night, I forget who it was. I, I tweeted it, but he said that um, Bill's having a great time just figuring out how to win, how to win football games with the current roster, with the current team. He's enjoying it. Maybe he does enjoy it more than ever. I don't know. What is Bill motivated by? Is he motivated, motivated by spending time with Nike, his dog, and, and his beautiful wife, Linda? And is that his motivation? I don't know. Is his motivation that he's, he wants to ride this thing out? He wants to bring this team to a Super Bowl without Tom Brady and, you know, show that he wasn't a system coach because that argument can go both ways, right? I mean, if, if people felt Brady was a system QB, well, maybe Bill feels, look, I need to prove that, um, you know, I can do this without Tom Brady. Maybe that's what he's motivated by. Maybe he's just motivated by the enjoyment of coaching, but there's no doubting. I mean, last year, I remember people thought I was being overdramatic because I was kind of counting down the weeks. I said, here we go, boys. And it started the, the Bills night. I said, here we go, guys. It's, it's do or die for the dynasty. We're on, we're counting down the days now. You and I knew Brady was leaving. Um, and it was kind of just counting down the days. And you say, can we win this game? Can we win this game? Can we get past Tennessee? And when it all kind of ended, we all kind of knew you could tell on Brady's face. It was over. You know, it was over. The dynasty is over. Um, it's really been over since probably Super Bowl 53, and they tried to make it work one more year in 2019. They did make some moves. They brought in AB and traded a second for some of those two things didn't work out. But the dynasty has ended, sadly. But, you know, does Bill want to build a new dynasty? I don't know. Is he motivated by that? I hope so. You know, I'd like to see Bill here for a long time because if he's to leave now, and we could have had Brady a few more years. I will be upset, truthfully. I'll be upset. I know Bill Belichick or Tom Brady, they don't owe us anything, right? They've brought us so much joy in our lives that they really don't owe us anything, but I'll be upset. Um, if that means Josh is... If Josh does leave and Bill remains, it might say something about the long-term plans for Bill Belichick. 
and how he stands and how he feels about staying and riding this thing out and building something new and showing everybody, look, I can build this thing from the ground up. The pandemic Patriots, it was a down year, but you know, I, I will admit too, I was wrong. I had this thing in my head where I said, yeah, it's a pandemic. They don't have great talent, but they're the best coach team. They have the best coach. I think that will be enough. I was wrong. You know, it's clearly not enough. They're a pretty good football team at times. I know you've said many times, this is kind of what mediocre football teams do is one week it's 45, nothing. And then, for, you know, four days later, you're, you're kind of getting your butts kicked versus the Rams, which I'll, I'll just touch on this real quick. And then I'll let you talk. Losing to the Rams isn't the worst thing in the world, right? I know, I know you're really high on the Rams. You've been saying for a few weeks they could be a Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender, a real one. Losing to the Rams isn't that big of a deal. You're going to lose football games to some good teams. The Patriots also are up there and beating teams above 500. they They're one of the best at it in the NFL. But when you lost to the Texans, when you lost to the Broncos, when you lost to the Bills on a fumble with, you know, with under a minute left and, or a minute so left and you're driving, it looks like you're going to win this football game and you fumble it away and, when you drop football games like that, that you should win. And I, I, I kind of don't include Seattle because, you know, I, I feel like you'd have to just give it to Seattle's defense. They made the play, they stopped it. But those are three games right there that you probably should win and you don't win. And then it comes down to beating a really good football team on Thursday night versus the Rams. And you get out coach, you lose and there goes your season. So they had their chances. They didn't make it happen. And this is kind of what they are right at this point, Bryson. And, and we just got to hope that Bill Belichick is here for the long haul and, Maybe some, I love Josh McDaniels, but maybe some new blood at offense coordinator could be a good thing for this organization. Yeah, I think you're right, LB. But if I was advising Bill Belichick, what a better year to walk off into the sunset, is it not? This, the pandemic has been bad for a lot of people. I know a lot of businesses have went out under. A lot of really sad things have happened. You know what? I like spending time with my family like being at home, maybe I'll advise for some football teams and chill at home with my big rings. But we all know about Bill's ego and Tom's ego, for that matter. I mean, I didn't want Tom Brady to get to the Bucks. I would have preferred he just retired after Super Bowl 53 and just walked off to the sunset, and things would have just ended, and things would have been great. And sure, you would have had people saying, well, Tom couldn't do it without Bill, or Bill can't do it without Tom. But the further you get away from Bill and the further you get away from Tom, People are going to have some questions, especially if you continue to have this. And right now, they, they, have no, they have no future quarterback. So would not the perfect time for Bill Belichick to be like, you know what, guys? Take Steve. Trained him well. The pandemic sucked. I'm out of here. I love you guys. I'll advise you, whatever, whatever you want to do. But I am done with football. I don't know how old Bill Belichick is. He's 69, 70. He's getting up there, 67 or 68. He is getting, like he's getting up there. And he's getting up there in age, you know. Maybe, maybe he decides in this year. He's like, you know what? I'm awesome. I know I'm awesome, but it's really hard to win in the NFL without a quarterback. And I don't want people to talk about me like they are. Like people were. The reason why I didn't want Brady to keep playing because people were seeing Brady at 43, and they have all sorts of takes. And you know, this is what Brady is for the for his entire career. But it really isn't. And I don't want to see Bill without with crappy quarterbacks for the rest of his career and not, and no plan on offense and just, and just people feeding the bill stinks without, without Brady takes and the Brady stinks without bill takes. You know what? I wouldn't love it either. LB, but if you were advising bill Belichick, you'd be like, if you want to get out, it's probably now 
it probably isn't next year because if it's and next he, year, you look worse. Yep, and he will be 69 on April 16th. So he is nearing that 70-year-old mark that he talked about himself. He himself discussed this. So, you know, maybe he does feel, I've kind of done enough. And I will say this, um, and I kind of have to run, and I would like to end this on saying something that we never should have argued Bill Belichick or Brady as Patriots fans. That was for everybody else to discuss. For us, it was just pure fun going out there beating everybody for all those years uh their their week of their their string of 10 win seasons and afc championship games three straight super bowls four out of five super bowls um they won three out of four in 01 between 01 and 04 they won all those super bowls we saw them go 16 and 0 um we saw them lose a couple super bowls sure but you know they were always right there we saw them lose some afc championship games sure but they were always right there and we never needed to argue bill or brady because for us it should have just been pure joy and that's how i've always tried to look at it i know it's a fun debate it's an interesting debate and there's statistics to back up either which side you want to take personally i i love bill i i think i really i think i've you know i do i love bill but i think if you look at it objectively you'd probably say okay brady was more responsible that's fine that's fine they were great for each other it's like peanut butter and jelly maybe you don't eat jelly all alone maybe you don't eat peanut butter all alone but you put them on some bread and all of a sudden you got this great sandwich and you're enjoying it because I don't know about you. My dad used to eat peanut butter. Like he'd actually have peanut butter and he would like use a spoon and just eat it because he, he loved the protein in it. And it's like pure protein. So peanut butter is actually really high on protein, by the way, Jim corner. There, there you go. We never had to argue it. We got the greatest run in NFL history. In my opinion, I don't think it'll ever be replicated. Maybe the chiefs can pull something off here in the next few years. You never know. Great quarterback, great head coach. Great weapons, and their defense has surely improved under, of course, Steve Spagnolo, which tells me the Chiefs, why do you think they hired Steve Spagnolo as Patriots fans? We already kind of know, don't we? You know, 07, 11, giant Super Bowl champs. But we never had to argue it, guys. We didn't. We never had to argue it. So when you look back on the great dynasty years, you can appreciate Bill, you can appreciate Brady, and you can appreciate the six Super Bowl rings that you got. And I've always said, hey, I'll take a Super Bowl loss. It's heartbreaking. It breaks your heart. It we don't even play the game, so I can't imagine how the players feel losing Super Bowls. But I'll tell you this much, Tom Brady once said himself, I'd rather be there and give myself a shot to, to win that thing than not be there at all. So we saw nine Super Bowls in that span. I was actually lucky enough to watch that first one with my dad in 96. It wasn't the first one. It was my first one, I should say. He actually he was alive, and he watched that 85 Bears Super Bowl. Bears won 46-10. The Patriots actually had a lead early in that game. I think it was 3 nothing or 10-3 to or something like that, and then the Greatest defense ever, 85 Bears kind of beat the hell out of them. And then you had the 96 Packers game with the, all the nonsense with Parcells, then Parcells. Belichick was actually on that team as well. He was the assistant head coach so uh, and, and uh, secondary coach. So we enjoyed such a great run. We enjoyed such a great run, and there's no need to even worry about it. We can just enjoy it, think about those years fondly, and we'll see what the future brings, right? Yeah, you're totally right, LB. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on, OB. I'll let you go. He actually, OB is actually staged to go on Fox Sports right now. He's being <laughs> modest right now. He's actually staged to go on Fox Sports. So congratulations, OB. Tell me how it goes, buddy. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going on the, my. Uh, I'm I'm going out today. I'm supposed to be spending the day with my with my brother and my mother here. So we're supposed to be going out. But I didn't want to tell everybody I was bringing them with me to Fox to Fox, and we're actually going to discuss who's even on Fox these days. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, we're going to do a big interview. 
Um, I'll be sure to plug the podcast, let everybody know that Bryson NFL, Brady, two wise NFL is the absolute man, did a great job on WEI this morning. I got a kick out of your call. That was that was really entertaining stuff. And like I said, I love the fact that they knew all about your uh, <laughs> your dinner dish. They were very aware of what you were eating last night, and I, I don't know why I get a kick out of that. I'm actually set to eat more chicken and dumplings because I just love it. <laughs> but have a good day, LB. I love you, and uh, have a good day, buddy. Hey, love you too, buddy. Go Patriots. We'll see what the future holds, and uh, we'll appreciate the good times. Do your job. Still here. Do your job. Do your job. Well, maybe we're not still here, but we can pretend. Do your job. So, guys, as LB is leaving the podcast, I just had a couple more things I wanted to say. I think I think Alonzo is going to come on the podcast. I hope so after this. just want to say a lot of things going on on the Twitter.com sphere, and I think LB would agree. I can still see he's in here, but I don't know if he can hear me or not. A lot of things go on in the twitter.com sphere the correct take is not to say cam newton deserves more the patriots bad tom brady couldn't do with no that is not the correct take this is a very bad take the correct take is to sit back appreciate tom brady and realize that the quarterback of the future i'll fully admit is not on the roster and what you should actually do is just look ahead, move on. We've seen both of these guys. Neither of us are impressed with either of these guys. Let's move on. Let's find our new quarterback. It's not time to slander Tom Brady. And if you do slander Tom Brady, you're an absolute joke, especially in, in favor of a quarterback that's going to be here for a year at most. Mm-hmm.